clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Can you see me mimicking you right now, Doc, on the camera? Are you? No, I missed it. <laughs> the Doc has this thing where she likes to close her eyes when she's saying her name and everything like that. Like, she's really thinking about it. It's really, it's really more a grounding strategy because I find you distracting. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to the University of Pleasure. We hope you are all happy and, well, you're not happy. Nobody's happy right now. What am I saying? <laughs> I was saying? like, yeah, man. <laughs> that was stupid even to say. Anyway, we hope you were all healthy and doing all right during these difficult times. Uh, we hope that we bring you a little pleasure today, talking about some sexy stuff. And we, of course, want to shout out, as we always do, to those who are keeping us safe out there because this COVID-19 pandemic is still raging. There's a lot of unrest out there and uh, just want uh, people to know that we're thinking about all of our listeners and we care about you and we hope you're doing well. Would you agree, Doc? Absolutely. These are tough times and I hope people are doing what they can to stay safe and do what they can to help others that are in more difficult positions. Yep. And I would just like to tell all the listeners that I had a COVID test done today and it was almost, and I am saying almost as bad as getting like a chlamydia gonorrhea test. Almost. I think they could make it a little bit more pleasant. What do you think? Well, well, what I think is I, I fear that you're creating more... Uh, Misinformation? More fear of people wanting to go get tested for things <laughs> that are tested. really important to get it's tested. It's extremely for. important to go get tested. It's extremely <laughs> important. I'm not trying to sway any of you. Discomfort is temporary. It is right? very temporary. Me, I just was chlamydia, surprised. Chlamydia is quite uncomfortable the longer you let it go. So I think that the is test true. is probably worth it. That Look. is true. Please, everyone get tested. I'm totally kidding around, but please, I'm not. I mean, I got the test. It was uncomfortable, but I would do it 100 times more to make sure that I was not COVID positive and uh, certainly not spreading it to anyone else. So take care of each other. And let's jump into a topic now. Yeah. Let's do a topic. Here we go. Finding God in Missionary. Refurbishing a classic. I got to tell you, I don't want to brag, but I'm going to. I've been told that I was really good at missionary position. Now, I don't know if that makes me incredibly boring or incredibly <laughs> awesome or a little bit of both. But that's what I've been told. That's the rumor on the street. That's what I've gotten in my Google uh, reviews and a couple of Yelp reviews. Only a couple. But the point is, I'm a fan of this classic. I think it's underutilized. You know, a lot of people like to jump 
directly into things like, well, what do you like? Ah, ride me or just let's do some doggy style. Like, this is a class. I think this is, first of all, I think it's a great starter. I think it's a good way to connect with a new partner, you know, because you're, you know, you can look in each other's eyes, you can whisper in each other's ears, maybe do a little of the dirty talk like one of our last episodes. Why do you look so confused right now? <laughs> I was just wondering if you're doing the episode. So you're going, you just go, man. I, you just keep going. He literally, I'm like looking at, I'm looking through the camera and she's like, is he going to stop? I don't, what's happening? <laughs> but I was, I was, I felt like I was like, you were, I was going to pass Pass the baton and you were going to be like, yes. Yeah. I think we, we sort of passed the 200 meter mark and you just kept running <laughs> <laughs> onto the lake. All right. <laughs> I just think it's a great, I think it's a great starter. And I think it's something that can be utilized in a lot of really fun ways. So what are your thoughts when we talk about refurbishing an old classic? Well, yeah, I mean, I think um, the reason that I want to talk about missionaries, interestingly, it's a position that comes up a lot. People bring up a lot about missionary and, and we can go into more about what kind of issues people might have with missionary. I mean, I think um, there's a lot of cultural connotations with missionary. Some of them might be that missionary is boring. Some of them might be that missionary, frankly, is the only healthy way to be sexual, right? I've seen it on a what? broad continuum, right? Why? Yeah, Why? Why? No, no, it. So, hang on, I'm sorry. You got to stop right there and you got to start right there. because I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So why, only healthy way? Yeah, people have a lot of feels. But before I go oh, into that. we're talking about how people think feel about it yes oh i thought like, like there were other like i don't know like researchers out there that were like this is the only healthy way to no 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 no. i'm talking about like sort of this idea of what people feel about this position and there's a lot of feels about missionary you know some people are really like who cares <laughs> right? Right. have no feelings but there are a fair number because i i talk about it as a position a lot with people but before we go into that just i don't like to assume so can I just clarify what missionary is? And that might feel pointless, but I don't like to assume okay. that people always know what everything is, right? So okay. missionary, because I also want to be clear that I'm not just talking about missionary as a position for heterosexual couples, right? So missionary is across sexual orientations. It's just a position, right? Like the most typical representation of it is one person lying on top of another person face to face, right? One person. There it is. That's, that's really what it is, right? And it was a term, missionary is actually a term that wasn't even popularized until like the late uh, 1940s by Alfred Kinsey. He's a famous sex researcher. He did okay. something called the Kinsey Reports. Well, did and, he do, was there a movie thing about him on HBO? Yeah, he's pretty important. He was like sort of the first person that really, I mean, he wasn't the first person, but he was the first person that really in a, in a sort of popularized, well-known way went around to do a lot of research on, you know, answering some questions about sexual health and sexual behavior in men and in women. Um, and, you know, he came out with these Kinsey reports and um, the reports on men went very well. And the reports on women, we could go into it one day when we're doing a history lesson, but, you know, maybe uh, caused him his career. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay. Because. Yeah, we could go into why that is, but not today. But so how it, did missionary, how how did the term missionary, like where yeah, does it so, come from? I mean, some, you know, and, and keep in mind, I'm not like an etymologist around like the history of I don't of even this. know what that means, so I'm not concerned. I, 
it's looking at the history of a word, right? Got so it. like the history of language, like linguistics, right? I heard so, edamame. Um, edam- yeah, not edamame. I right? know, because I was like, his- isn't that something I get at sushi chef? Yeah, Sorry. like basically where does a word come from, right? And I think Alfred Kinsey, some people say that he misinterpreted some information around like that it was missionaries I believe Chinese missionaries, like Chinese missionaries that were using this term as like sort of uh, the right way to be sexual or like the holy way to be sexual. And it was like the preferred sexual position. Please do not quote me on that. This is not something I've done extensive research on. But Kinsey, I guess the the commentary is that Kinsey misinterpreted that history and that okay. the, the, the word missionary is actually something that really Kinsey is somebody was really first using and that's kind of the first historical use of it but because of the Kinsey reports it became popularized but in French it's actually known as the classical position Ooh, that sounds sexier but the French always make things sexier the French do make things sexier right like uh, uh, orgasm is called le petit mort the little death you know (laughs) that's awesome um, but you know, like, uh, Shakespeare, right. Would refer to as missionary. I believe as an Othello as the beast with two backs. Right. Oh, so there's been the lots of names. Two backs. Yeah. That's Tuscany, interesting. They refer to it as the angelic position. Right. So I can see that. I can see that. There were a couple of times when I was doing missionary where I kind of heard, you know, kind of choirs of angels. I yeah. could see that. <laughs> and by the way, these are like. I am not somebody that's extensively studied this language. So anyone listening that knows better, please come in and correct me, right? If I have this history wrong here, but yeah. And I I barely speak English. So at the end of the day, (laughs) please no judgment. This is a judgment free zone. I love how you vacillate between extreme, like, you know, self defamation and congratulate and congratulation. It's just, (laughs) It's, it's 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 a really interesting psychological dynamic, and one of these days, Jeremiah, <laughs> right? One of these days, Jeremiah, we're really going to get into it, um, but not today. <laughs> Today's not that day. Okay, not today. We're talking about missionary and reviving the classic, <laughs> right? So anyway, the language really became more popularized, essentially, in the late 1940s, early 1950s, right? And it is seen as sort of the go-to sexual position, right? So. Um, it has this cultural connotation definitely as being like kind of the romantic position. Like for instance, Jeremiah, I want you to think of really most of the, uh, movies you've seen with a love scene, right? Are they starting out doggy style? Are they showing people, you know, what position is the position you tend to see people in, in a romantic love scene? If there, there's a sex scene in a movie. Well, if we're talking about my personal movie tastes, uh, I'm going to say, um, that especially if it was like we were talking about stars that time, you know, like, man, if you just watch Spartacus, it usually was doggy style. But I'm just it, <laughs> normally I Ooh. would say in other movies other than Spartacus um, that I would say that it was actually always missionary. And it was always it always started that way. It was always kind of like, you know, if it was a, if it was a love scene in quotes, it was always missionary, always. Right. And so it it really I mean, and again, there's exceptions, obviously, within film and movie, but it is really associated with being like if you if you're in love and you want romantic sexual encounter, that missionary is sort of the position to accomplish that. And I would probably argue against that. Right. But why? I would. 
but because I think that there are lots of ways that you can have a loving sexual connection and, you know, you don't have to be in missionary position. Well, right? I, you know, I just thought that it was like the one that you could connect the easiest on because you could, like I was saying, like whisper in each other's ear and you yeah, could look no, in each other's great, eyes. I'm not saying it's not a great position. It's a great position to connect that way on. I think it's really more about like that that's the only way to connect. Oh, I wouldn't say it's the only way. I, I just thought it was like one of the better ones to be like, look into my eyes. I love you. Know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, it is a good position for that. Oh, okay. Um. But I guess my point is more that, like, there is sort of this, <laughs> interestingly, the reason missionary can come up a lot is because there's sort of pressure. Some people might come in talking about, like, I feel like missionary is, like, a healthy way to be sexual. And maybe also there's some messaging that can sometimes happen within particular religious groups or things like that. And so then if people are engaging in missionary, they sort of have like a weird feeling about it, right? Where it's like, I kind of want to do other positions, but I feel like we can only do this position. And Ooh, so that's sad. Right. So they might feel a little stuck in that position, right? Yeah, and, I wouldn't want to be stuck there. I just think, right. you know, it's a fun starting point. I think it's a fun connection point, but not stuck there, man. There's we want the sexual Olympics. I want to be a gymnast. I want to try to see if I can put my leg behind my head, all kinds of crazy stuff. Right. And well, and I think that and again, like there's lots of fun sex positions. And later in this episode, we can talk about some different ways to make some other sex positions work. But yes, if we're talking about missionary, the reason that people have some feels about it is because there's just there's a lot of cultural connotation that goes with it. And it also has this interestingly a cult cultural reputation as being like kind of boring. Right. If people are going to make a joke, you know, they're going to be like, well, we only do missionary with the lights off. Right. That's like, true. It has, yeah. Uh, you know, it has also a cultural connotation of like that it's kind of boring and not that fun and really vanilla. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And so um, that's sort of why it comes up a lot. And so today there's lots of things we could talk about clearly around missionary. But today we can talk about how to make that position maybe a little bit more fun. Yes, um, I yeah. am ready. Okay. I have ideas. I am bubbling <laughs> over with excitement on this one. I've got it. <laughs> You may need well, to just take a back seat, Doc, because I am prepared. I can't. Yeah, I mean, and I want to be clear. Some people just love missionary, right? Like, it's not that it has just a negative connotation. Some people love it and find it really connecting. But then there are also plenty of people that really don't find it particularly pleasurable or erotic. Or more often, what's happening when I'm chatting with people is one person really likes that position, but it's not really doing much for the other person, right? So, like, for one person, it might be their preferred position. And for the other, it might be like, yeah, that doesn't really do much for me, right? Like it's not hitting the right spot or I can't really come in that position or I just didn't, it's not connecting to me in the same way, Got right? It. And so this is like if you're trying to engage in this maybe also because a partner really likes it and you want to be a, you know, a, a thoughtful partner and meet some of uh, your partner's needs, like how can you also make it more fun for you? Uh, and I think that um, – just something I want to say that's a just it is a caveat. Like, I really do mean it, Jeremiah, when I say that some people feel really deviant around engaging in sexual positions other than missionary. Yes, that I actually I have experience in that. I know people and have been with women who felt that way. And I was actually kind of quite taken back by it. I was with a woman that uh, for, for a couple of years who like if I tried to, you know, say, hey, well, let's try this position. She would get very upset, like just genuinely upset and say things like, you know, I feel like you're 
treating me as an object if we do doggy style or if you, you know, do me sideways or whatever it was, right? And and she would only really want to do missionary because she felt that if I did anything like that, it was sexually objectifying. Is that the right word? Yeah, no. I mean, that. I mean, I don't know if that's the right word for that person, but that's a common sensation that someone might have. And sometimes it's also a conflict, right? This is. I'll try to articulate it the best I can. But sometimes people both feel what you just described. They're like, it feels like I shouldn't be doing other positions because this feels like the, I don't know, like the healthy way to do it or the romantic way if someone really cares about me. But also like, but also I like those other positions and they feel good. And then I feel internal conflict around it. Got right? it. And yeah, it, this, and this it kinda... woman, there was an internal conflict. I mean, that I knew of in that way. It just was that she was being objectified if I moved her into other positions and it made her feel less connected and like if I loved her was this way, but if I did it that way, I was treating her poorly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, and so I think, like I said, like we could probably keep going. There's lots of different conflicts sometimes people have around missionary, right? But I do think that there are ways, like if for whatever reason, if you want to engage in that position because, you know, your partner really likes it or because you've been finding it boring but want to find ways to make it more fun, right? Like for whatever reason, these are some tips and tools, right, around maybe how to make it a better time. All right, let's hear so that. Um, well, let's say you're somebody that missionary has not been that enjoyable for, okay? And let's say you're the person that's on the bottom, Okay. Because again, you can engage in missionary in a variety of ways. It's not just a heterosexual activity. Someone could be using a strap on, right? You could be engaging in anal intercourse in the missionary position, right? But let's say you're the person that's on the bottom and it's just not been very enjoyable for you. And sometimes that can be the case for some. Some people love that position as a bottom position, but for some people, they don't like having less control. Also, I mean, things are much more sort of, if someone's right on top of you, things are a little bit more compressed, right? So it's maybe harder to reach certain things, right? So like, let's say you're someone with a clitoris, right? And you want to have a little clitoral stimulation. It's like, let's say the that someone's penetrating you either with like a strap on, like a dildo or a penis. If they're not hitting you in the right way and you want a little more clitoral stimulation, it's harder to get to that often, right? And so there are some kind of simple solves to that that sometimes can be... Um, you know, make it a little bit more pleasurable, right? So if your partner has a penis or is using a strap on, one of the really simple things is to maybe create some vibration, right? So a vibrating cock ring or a vibrating dildo, right? Like these are things that allow for more stimulation just generally and particularly of the clitoris, Okay. right? The other thing that you can do is have your partner lean back on their knees so you can, and again, this is kind of moving from that traditional missionary position to more of an adapted version, right? Mm. Where if you have them back up, lean back on their knees so you can open yourself up more and they grab sort of your hips and pull them up more onto them. Am I making sense? Is it sense? still considered missionary? Uh, it's an adaptation. I'm sure there's a, like a wheelbarrow or, you know what I mean? Like I think <laughs> there are different things. A wheelbarrow. I think I, that might be right. I'm not. I'm That's not sure. So great. I, right? I, I one day I'm gonna research. I think a wheelbarrow this. might be from behind. Okay. So, but yeah, I think that's from behind, right? But these are just adaptations of what you can do that maybe still have that same face-to-face -face feel, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. of a missionary position. And so having somebody sort of pull you up onto them, right? So you're in that way. You just get 
a lot more access to your genital area, right? Regardless. So yep. if you're somebody that has a clitoris and you want more clitoral stimulation, you can stimulate yourself. Your partner can. Let's say you're engaging in anal intercourse and you have a prostate, you might be able to work around a little bit more with angle to hit things in the right way. Mm, Same okay, with your yeah. spot, right? So that's a really good, like, let's say you still want that face-to-face -face connection, but you also want things to be hitting in the right spots, right? Back it up. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there we go. Go to the knees, yeah. back it up. The back inverted up. Tara, Dr. Tara Jensen wheelbarrow from the Please don't, not behind. Please don't trademark that at all. <laughs> Um, I don't want any association with any of that. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, are you, do you have something to say, Jeremiah? I mean, when do I not? I mean, honestly, when do I not? That's I was just going to say that I have a question for you, which yes, is, please. what if, is it still missionary? And I've run into this a couple of times. If I'm on my back and a woman is on top, but she's not straddling me and she's laying completely flat on me. And I'm still inside her. Is it still considered missionary? Is it fun? I dig it. Then who cares? Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just curious. I just, you know, I'm trying I mean, to learn. Guess, I'm trying to learn. Right? No, you are. I think that like it's a good question, but I also think that that's like uh, I sort of mean when I say who cares. I think you know uh, people can get really caught up in like what is something and sort of the question is like, I don't know, are you having a good time? So does it Listen, really matter? I'm, I'm all about right? that. I'm all about asking equity. Am I having a good time? I don't care. And that's usually right. my answer. Although <laughs> that is a very, by the way, Jeremiah, thank you. That is also a very good way to also try missionary to have the person that is, I mean, and again, other people can be like, that's not really missionary. Okay. We're talking about ways to adapt. Right. <laughs> on that well, because that's what I mean. I've, I've run it a few times with a, a few female partners where they, I would lay flat and they would also lay flat. I would be inside them and it wasn't, they didn't ride me. They almost kind of like moved their legs a little bit and, 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 but it still seemed very missionary to me. Yeah. Well, you know, if also, if you're closing your legs, right. And mm -hmm. if everyone's anatomy allows for that, um, you know, that's a nice way to feel really close and connected, but maybe for the person that's being penetrated to have more control. So okay. it's actually a very good suggestion, Jeremiah. <sighs> Thank You're you. You're welcome, world. I, there's like no way for me to tell you a good job without sounding condescending. I need to really work <laughs> on it. <laughs> Whenever I tell you good job and mean it, I still end up sounding condescending. <laughs> what can I say? It's you our dynamic talk. You know, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to work on it because it's for real appreciation for your suggestion. Thank for you, real. Doc. Thank you very much. All right. Give us some other ticks. Tips, um, an trips, another tip, adaptation jeepers, is tricks if you're of the, the trade. Use your words. Another adaptation. I'm sorry. Yes. Continue. Thank you. Another adaptation would be if you're the person that's being penetrated, pull your knees back to your chest, like pull your knees to your chest, right? And have them basically mount on top of you, right? That's Does a that good one. It, that's a favorite right? of mine. Right. Why is it a favorite of yours? I like the connection factor of it, but I also like uh, the angle that I can get at. It also promotes if you want to do it a little bit harder from time to time, you can get a good angle on, you know, you know, uh, a harder penetration if that's what your partner's into, obviously. Um, and uh, I also still like the ability to, you know, be on top and, and, and have a really nice connection missionary wise. So I like that. I dig it. Right. And I think that the one thing you, you said is really uh, great about this position is that like if you're somebody that really enjoys like 
uh, a harder kind of penetration, like a like a faster, deeper, harder kind of thrust, if that's something that you really enjoy in being penetrated, your partner's going to have way more leverage, Correct. right? Rather than like coming from a push-up position, like they're going to, same with that on the knees position too, they're just going to, they're going to be able to use their whole body, Correct. right? Versus just like, I should have gone to the gym and done more pull-ups because that's, <laughs> you know, you're using a lot of that upper body strength versus kind of, um, you know, spreading the surface area <laughs> throughout right, the body. Right, 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 right. Um, the other fun little trick you can do with that one, if you're a person with a vulva and a vagina, you can take um, like a, a bullet. Like if you're the one being penetrated, you can take a, um, a like a bullet vibrator, one of the small bullet vibrators yes. and put it to put it between your labia, set it on top of your clitoris, right? So then you're having vibration while someone's also penetrating you because everything's really tightly compressed. Um, so that's another thing you can try. All right. Fun. Or you can use one of those little vibrating rings too. Do you know those, right? You Where know, you I've tried those, but you know, you mean one for the penis? No, a vibrating ring for your finger, right? Oh, so, sorry. I was way off. Yeah, like you can, it's like literally you wear it as a ring. It's a vibrator. Um, I'm trying to remember who has Lilo, maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I've only Levi, tried the one that maybe. goes on the penis. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like a vibrating cock ring versus yeah. like a literally on your finger. You can, whoever wants to wear it and do the stimulation. It's a, obviously it's a small vibrator, so it's going to be a lighter vibration, but it's a fun little, if there's not a lot of space in there, right? But you're trying to get a little extra uh, kind of pleasure. yeah. Yeah, it's a really good. It's a really fun little toy. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't research where the best ones are, so I, I can't. Maybe we vibe. I don't know. Check out their website. They make great sex toys. As does Lilo. Um, the other one, yeah. if you are flexible enough, I really encourage uh, getting those legs over your head. Yes, <laughs> that I have to say, putting the legs over you, putting those ankles up by your ears. Yeah, I if mean, you can do it. The, Right, because you really can get maybe um, just a different type of stimulation from that angle. And again, your partner's going to have more leverage. And keep in mind, you don't have to stay in these positions forever, right? Like we're just talking about some adaptations yeah. that might be fun yeah, or course. useful. Um, the other thing, too, is if you're engaging in vaginal penetration, right, in just good old-fashioned missionary or any of these adaptations, you could also consider a butt plug. And putting a butt plug in. Hey, while you're I'm a doing big it. fan of them. I think you know they can rock people's worlds, and some people can be a little afraid of them. But if you're trusting of your partner, somebody who is a bit of an anal sherpa like myself, you know <laughs> you can really find some amazing things to do with a butt plug like that in missionary. And it's a really good way to test those waters. And if I may add one, doc. Yes, please. One that I have really discovered is if you're in missionary and. Uh, and we're talking, you know, male to female, um, going down and might even work with, with male to male, but reaching underneath the hips with your hands or arms when you're in full missionary and just lifting those hips up or even putting like a small pillow in there. So you're not necessarily yeah. doing the whole thing with like the knees or or the pounding aspect, but yeah. staying in a standard missionary position, but you put your arms underneath and lift those hips up just even like six inches or something like that to really Jeremiah, kind of angle that, is, that hips. Jeremiah, that's exact shifting angles in small ways is exactly what we're going to talk about in the next portion of this. So you're jumping ahead. I'm but... so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> 
but we are going to talk more about that because that's a good suggestion. Thank you. And making subtle shifts can make a really big difference for sure. And that's part of what we'll talk about in the second half of the podcast, uh, not just in reference to missionary, but in positions in general. Oh, see, look at you, Doc. Look at you prepping the transition. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. So yeah, but you. you know I still have more, right? Before of course you do. I mean, do you think I, think I don't know by now? <laughs> <laughs> if it was up to me, every podcast would be like three hours long. So it's probably good that we have you here. Uh, yeah, um, I'm just trying to keep it tight. <laughs> it's probably good for everybody. Um but, oh, by the way, I was going to say, like, that position that you described about pulling, like, just moving something up, like, honestly, that can also be done with, you know, two women that are using a dilt, like, using a strap-on, right? You, you could do that in the exact same way. Excellent. Just side note. Um, but just in terms of shifting a little bit, like, beyond just, like, different ways that you can position missionary or kind of adaptations of missionary that may not actually be technically called missionary in cosmopolitan magazine or maxim or whichever right <laughs> magazine you're reading this week um but maybe those like beyond just those positions what are some things that you can do in missionary that just enhance beyond like shifting like what you're doing with your body right you brought up one earlier which is dirty talk you i you know it really is thank you it really is a great and we did a whole podcast on the freedom of being filthy, right? Yes, we did. So if you need extra help with that, but it's a really great place to like be saying things in one another's ears, right? And creating some eroticism and some excitement, right? Um, the other thing that is interesting is, is sort of, let's say you're somebody that doesn't really love missionary because you, you're somebody that actually likes being a little more dominant, but your partner also likes being a little more dominant. You know what I mean? You can still sort of, have you ever heard the phrase top from the bottom? No. Jeremiah? Nope. Right? So uh, sometimes people will use that phrase, right? Topping from the bottom means, right, that you're still asserting dominance, even if you're the one being penetrated. Oh, hey, and, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And so topping <clears throat> from the bottom can mean a lot of different things. And frankly, it means a lot of different things in a lot of different communities. But so in this kind of context, right, that might be um, having a little bit more dominance, right? So this could be through like giving more directives, using your own body to dictate the movement more rather than just like lying there, right? Yeah, like, give it back. Right. You can be meeting those thrusts or creating thrusts of your own using there your own body. Right. You can use your arms to like pull someone harder or faster into you or, you know, creating more space. Um, you know, and frankly, if you if you're into it and you have long enough arms, you can absolutely spank a partner from the bottom. When you're oh, being yeah, you can. Right. Oh, that's true. Right. So if you like some mild to moderate spanking, I mean, I don't think you're going to be able to get a unless you have super long arms, you're probably not gonna be able to get a real good heavy spank in there. But there's <laughs> right. There's a lot of different ways that you can maybe create a little bit more excitement and eroticism, even if you're the one that's on the bottom. So those would be ways to kind of assert more dominance if that's something that's like erotic and exciting to you. And maybe that's part of what is a struggle for you in missionary. And then this is another suggestion. And you got to let me. Explain because people, when I say it, are like, what? Gross. Um, trying more sustained eye contact. And I don't mean in like a room, you can do it in a romantic way if that's something that's like fun and you enjoy that. And that's like, should something we practice that right now over the camera? Do you want to show me what you mean? I absolutely don't. Like but this? no, it's upsetting. Okay. Let's, I was just trying to give you the eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm talking about is more like, like, you're having some 
maybe fun, even like hard sex and you sustain eye contact, right? Like really most people will look away, right? Eye contact is an incredibly intimate thing because it's super vulnerable and a lot of times it freaks people out. But a suggestion that I have is next time you're being sexual, maybe hold that eye contact in like a hot moment, not in like a, I'm not saying like in a creepy like way, right? I'm just, I keep thinking of that, that scene and oh, what is it? Uh, Sarah, Mar- what is it? Sarah Marshall. Oh, Forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Marshall. He's having, he's like on a, in a missionary position and he's penetrating her and she keeps like looking directly in his eyes and being like, hi, hi, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hi. over and over. Not like that. Right. Yeah, like, like where that. it's maybe sort of an intense moment and you have the impulse to look away because it's intense and you just try to hold that eye contact for just a few more seconds because sometimes that can actually ramp up sort of some excitement and eroticism. Does that make sense, Jeremiah? People always think it's a weird suggestion. It's not a weird suggestion. I don't think so at all because you're connecting. You're looking into each other's eyes. There's a lot of... I mean, come on. How many books of poetry are written about looking into each other's eyes and the intensity of looking yeah, into eyes? Yeah, but I think eyes. that like, what I'm talking about, right? Like, Don't get me wrong. You can do it for that romantic connection. Yeah, but of course. I'm, I'm talking actually... So that would be the more traditional reason to look into each other's eyes. I'm talking more about like... Uh, for lack of a better phraseology, we're having a fun time fucking, oh, right? Yeah. It's not really feeling super. No, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's we're talking. You're talking about like carnal, animalistic, yes. like giving each other those eyes. Like that's right. You're taking right. it. I'm giving it. Yeah. You're loving it, kind of a thing. Right. And so I think that those By the way, those are, are all sexual technical terms. I don't know if you read that book, but uh, you know. Yeah. I'm going to just breeze past all of the things you said okay. and, <laughs> and say yes in those moments that are a little bit just like hotter or they feel really like intense from like a physical pleasure standpoint. And again, I'm not saying don't do that if you're having like strong, romantic, loving feelings, do that too. But you might not have those feelings for every person you're having sex with, right? Right. <laughs> so if you're also looking to like try something that just makes it a little bit more intense and just try it out, right? Like your worst case scenario, someone's like, I don't like it when you stare at me. (laughs) Okay, well, (laughs) then don't do it again. But sometimes holding that eye contact for a couple beats more can be kind of hot and it can be kind of fun. And uh, I mean, honestly, really the sky is the limit, right? But the most important piece of this like whole dialogue is, is really that, you know, I think that there are lots of ways to make missionary or frankly, really any position a lot more kind of fun or exciting or engaging, but it really requires the same thing that we've always been talking about, which is being assertive and proactive and finding ways to make it work for you. Right. And not just being like, this is terrible and I don't like it. So I guess I'm stuck here for eternity in dissatisfaction. (laughs) So. And there we have it. Missionary resurrecting the classic. Yeah, it's refurbishing. Oh, yeah, I read that. Anyway. It seems like it. We're going to be moving on. (laughs) Convenient. (laughs) (laughs) And it's going to be about the angles, which I alluded to earlier unintentionally. But I'm just that smart that even not knowing I knew. So we'll be right back. And we're back. And seeing as I had this magical foresight 
here is part two. It's all about the angle. Finding sexual positions that work for you and how to ask for them. I think that the last part is muy importante. Because I've been in those situations. And I'm sure you knew, like, of course you've been in those situations. Jeremiah's always been, he always has a story. I'm not going to go in any stories here. I just think people should be able to ask for what they dig. And so give us some insight. Let's talk about angles. Let's find some positions. And I think the most important part here is how to ask for them. Because I think people can be shy about it. I think people can get uncomfortable for asking about what they want. And I would like some knowledge, Doc, to impart out there to our listeners. Well, I I mean, I think so. There are so many. We were sort of alluding to this earlier, right? Like there's so many sexual positions out there. Like, I mean, I think I said like cosmopolitan and maxim, right? But like legitimately, if you go through like, well, not a lot of people are out and about these days, right? But if you go to the grocery store and you look at the magazines, several of them on the cover are going to have like 18 new sex positions. They're probably not new. They're just rebranded, right? Rebranded, new names. Right. But there's just a litany of them. And I think as a result, some people often can feel a lot of pressure. Like they have to have a really big lexicon of of sort of positions, right? They they need to have a really big uh, catalog of them. And I say this because people often come in and they kind of talk about it in this way of like, I feel like if we just knew more positions then that would help solve, right, our sexual struggles. And frankly, usually it's not that simple. But I think also it's, you know, we kind of advertise it in a way that makes people feel like there's these great, amazing positions that they're missing out on. If they only knew how to, like, you know, do this particular position or the seven positions, then then sex would be just amazing all of the time. Right. But a lot of times um, what I often talk to people about is like, you know, it's really probably more about making subtle adaptations of positions which you already know, frankly. Okay, like I brought up earlier, unintentionally. Yes, you did. You did a good job, Jeremiah. Thank you very much. Again, sounded condescending. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you did. And I I think that sometimes, like, um, you don't need to recreate the wheel, right? Like, don't get me wrong. If you want to get the Kama Sutra and look at a bunch of positions that require enhanced flexibility and props and all sorts of things like that. Like go for it. I would never be the person to stop you, but there's lots of ways to really just build upon probably what you're already doing and what you already know. And so it's really, again, those subtle shifts that can make a big difference. So it's sort of thus, you know, the, the title, it's all about angle, right? Cause a lot of times when things aren't feeling good, it's because something is just a little off. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that position doesn't work for you. It's just that maybe you need to find some ways to enhance it. Like, for instance, we just kind of gave a crap load of examples in missionary. But, like, let's take something like doggy style or from behind, right, however you want to describe it. That's a position where I've actually had um, probably more often than not a heterosexual dynamic and maybe women describing really not liking that position as much because of experiencing maybe pain in that position. Yes, I've been in that position, yes. Yes, Um, and you mean, I'm presuming you mean in the position of someone telling you that they felt pain? Yes. 
Okay. Thank you just for clarifying that. <laughs> We're using the word position in a lot of ways. Although, so because of this podcast, you know, my partner, like I told you, just keeps talking about all this anal play now that she wants to try. So it may end up being, you know, a couple episodes from now. Like, I feel fantastic about that. Good for your, <laughs> good for your like, partner. Yeah, well, when I, Jeremiah was in the, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if you're allowed to listen anymore. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, uh, well, but I'm glad. I'm glad that she's taking it to heart and that you are so open to think about these things, Jeremiah. What growth? Well, I'm all about growing. Okay. I'm all about learning. <laughs> <laughs> um, sounded so genuine. I was. Um, I grip my teeth. But I'm all about learning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if we shift back. Yes, right, yes. Of to, course, back on topic. Yes. Right. Why do some women not really like specifically cisgender women? Why do they not maybe like um, doggy style as much? Right. Well, typically, you know, if someone's not always it's always good to check things out. But if someone's experiencing pain in doggy style, it's often because, um, you know, if you're putting the penis, let's say someone's in tabletop, like so doggy style can be a lot of different positions, but maybe one of the more traditional ways is like someone on their hands and knees. Right. 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 And if someone is sort of lining their penis up or frankly, you could do it with a strap on or a dildo or whatever. But if someone's lining the penis or a dildo and penetrating straight on like through the vaginal canal, you have a much greater like a much greater odds of hitting that cervix. Right. Mm. Like, right. It's a straight shot. And. For most people, not everyone, but for most people, getting a straight shot to the cervix really hurts. That sounds like, kind of like a kick in the nuts. Yeah. Is it, it kind of like that? I would, I've never experienced that, but it is, it's a painful thing, and women describe it being very painful, right? Or people with vaginas and vulvas describe it as being very painful. And so... You know, a lot of times then if somebody tries maybe from behind or doggy style right in that way, they just sort of write it off. I don't like that position. It hurts. Right. Which is sort of like, ah, that's a shame, because if you play around with angle a little bit, that could actually maybe be a really pleasurable position for you because it's actually a position that can give somebody a lot of control. Right. Yeah. And that would also be true of anal intercourse as well. Um, not the cervix piece, but like, you know, if it's not feeling good in a particular angle that you could play with that angle. So like if we use something like doggy style as an example, like what would it look like to play with angle? Right. And I think maybe in one of our very first podcasts, I tried to describe this and probably did a bad job. So I'll try to do a better job right now. One of the ways you can play with angle angle in doggy style is if you look up like if you're near a computer and you look up a uh, uh, child's pose in yoga, some yeah. people do yoga, so they're familiar, right? So child's pose is really your arms out in front of you or to your side and you're resting your chest on your knees and your forehead or your cheek on the ground, the bed, trampoline, whatever surface whatever, you're whatever being sexual makes you on. Whatever floats your right. boat. Wherever, wherever you're being sexual, the surface you're being sexual on. Um, and you're really kind of like, in that position, it's going to be a little bit more comfortable, right? Because in yoga, it's a resting position, right? And so you're in this resting position rather than being on your hands and knees. Also a great thing if people have some joint problems. It's a great position. Side note. So for okay. people that are maybe uh, have joint problems or aging, it's a good position. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about that position is you can angle, you can really do a lot of different like up down angles on your butt right and the more you're putting your butt in the air the more you're changing sort of the positioning of your pelvic floor right 
So from that very same from behind situation, your partner, if you angle it correctly and play around, play around a little bit with that angle, your partner may straight up just not be able to reach your cervix, right? So you like create a position in which you're protecting your cervix, but now maybe you're at a good angle for your partner to hit your G spot. Ooh, right. Okay. Or to be able to or to be able to engage in some pretty hard penetration without fear that it's going to hit your cervix. But the only way to do that, and here's the how piece, right, is that you have to practice, right? So you have to, you know, probably go a little slower and let it be okay to do some experimentation. And that seems to be the harder part for people, right? Which is often the piece of like, okay, this isn't feeling good. And I don't really like it, so it feels easier just not to do it at all, right? Rather than slowing down and being like, okay, that doesn't really feel good in that way, but I'm going to try this in a different way, and I think I'm going to need you to go a little slower to go, ow, yes, there, nope, not. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing is I was just thinking, you know, it's like you got to figure out what works. You got to figure out what works. So, you know, I know it's a hard thing, folks, but you got to stop. And, and, you know, kind of be a little bit more clinical about it to be like, you know, it's this angle. I know now that this works. So then you can like the next time around, you know, and you can just kind of jump in and have some fun. Yeah. Well, and I, and I probably would say rather than clinical, I probably just say direct, right? Like fine. Language language has meaning. Yes, it does. I listen, I'm not saying it doesn't, but you know what I mean? You know, (laughs) I thought my, I thought clinical was the right word. It doesn't matter. Continue. (laughs) Um, we don't want, I would never want anyone to feel like being directive means they're being clinical, right? Um, I think being directive can be hot and sexy. Okay. I don't associate something being clinical with being hot and sexy. Well, I was, I was actually thinking that it wasn't necessarily like, listen, it's not the sexiest thing in the world to be like, you know, slow down there, Jeff. And, and I need to put my leg over here. Let me try this to see if that works from this angle, you know? And I mean, that's not really like the sexiest thing, but, you know, you got to work, you got to figure out what works. So then you get, you know, that base of knowledge, then you can party, you know? Right. Well, and I I think that sometimes too, like, like you're spot on, Jeremiah, right? Like that's not always the sexiest thing to do. And a lot of times people are, and we've talked in the past in episodes many times, right? About people are really afraid of hurting someone's feelings or people are just feeling really shy or they have a hard time just being assertive in that way. And that's okay. You get to practice. And so, you know, sometimes it doesn't even need to be that you need to be able to be like, I don't like that position. We should do this different one instead. You don't need to even be able to do all that. Frankly, you can lead by example by putting your body in a different position and maybe, you know, like seeing if you can try to set the pace a little bit differently. Now, if someone's not taking your cues, because that re- that does require a partner that reads cues, right, right? Right. There does come a point where you might need to use your words, right? Yep. But rather than saying, I don't like that, saying instead what you do like, right? It often is perceived as far less critical, right? It's often perceived as much more just like fun and inviting. Like for instance, let's say you're doing this doggy style angle saying, ooh, I need just like saying, ooh, slow down, slow down a little bit, right? And you can do that in a sexy way. You can do that in a fun way. It doesn't need to be like, you're hurting me, slow down, right? Right. Now maybe, maybe afterward in a non-sexual context, like if it keeps happening and your partner's not having cues, then absolutely sit down and have a conversation of like, hey, you know, part of the reason that position's hard for me is sometimes I think you might be hitting a spot. Maybe it's not a cervix. Maybe it's 
you know, like anal and you're just hitting a spot and it doesn't feel good. Sure. Whatever the reason, whatever the body is, whatever the reason might be, you're just hitting something that doesn't feel good. Then have a conversation about it. But like I've said before, often those conversations can go much more effectively if you're wanting to have a longer conversation about it, if you're not trying to do it in the moment. Yeah, don't have a conversation. Yeah, we talked about this. Don't have it in the moment. Don't have it in the moment. I mean, sometimes you just, it's unavoidable, right? Sometimes it's unavoidable and you just can't find a way to not have it in that moment. But if it, if you're able to like shift into something that's more pleasurable or just change to a totally new position or a totally new sexual behavior, do that instead. And then have that more difficult conversation right. on a walk. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, when you're having dinner, right? Like, exactly, yes. And and I and I think that one of the biggest struggles, too, is that people feel like it has to be this big thing, like a two-hour conversation. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, don't do that. I, I often tell my- Quick my, conversation about it. Well, I often tell my clients, like, it will feel like as big a deal as you make it, right? If you're like, I have to tell you something, right? I need to talk to you about reverse cowgirl and the ways, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yes. if you're just like super intense in yes. that way, yes. then it's going to feel like a catastrophe. It's going to feel like something's really wrong. If instead you're like, hey, just so you know, part of the reason that I'm always shifting during that position is because it is a little uncomfortable for me. Just wanted to let you know, right? Like right. done. Nice and easy. Versus being like, nice and simple. Yep. And and again, sometimes you might have to fake it till you make it, right? Sometimes yep. you might not actually feel that comfortable, but trying to treat it like it's no big deal because it's not. Bodies are different. And particularly if you're engaging in penetrative sexual acts, whether it's with a dildo or a strap on, a penis, uh, anally, vaginally, it does not matter. If you're putting things inside your body and you're moving them around, sometimes you're going to have to communicate <laughs> because Correct. there's going to be times that that's just, just not uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah. Because sometimes it's just not going to be comfortable. Why? Because you're putting things in your body and you're moving them around. Correct. And sometimes quickly or aggressively. So, um, and so I think really the how of it is more about continuing this process of trying to, speak about things more openly, but really also this idea of like being willing to experiment and expect that sometimes that's going to be a little awkward. It, not every moment has to be super hot and super sexy. We talked about in this, our very first podcast episode. Yes, we did. Right? Yes. We, good, memory. Failure, good memory. Good memory. Right. This was our very first episode about this idea that like who gives a shit, right? Like who sometimes cares? something will be awkward for a moment and you can get back on track. This is not the end of the world. And not if you have the expectation that every moment of a sexual encounter is going to be really sexy and hot and intense, that is not a realistic expectation. Nope. Sex is funny, often funny and ridiculous. Agreed. And a different just before I know we have to end. I know. You're looking at me with we have to end face. Well, I just, you know, people are listening. We've, we've given them a lot of information. Not, we they don't have, want them to become bored. Right. They have things to do. That's right. They have things to do. I get it. Um, So I will close with this, right? And it sounds like a weird suggestion, but just hear me out, right? If you are somebody that gets really anxious during a sexual interaction and you really struggle with anxiety about ruining the flow, right? Some people have a lot of anxiety about that, right? But you want to work on a different sexual position or see if it could work or see if it could hit the right spot. Think about in more of like a fun, not even like fun, silly way, practicing with your partner with your clothes on. Like hey. you're not having sex. You're yeah. just like, 
you know, messing around, right? Where you're like, all right, come here. I want, I've been really interested in trying this position, but I just want to see if my body could even do it. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, yeah, of course. Wise. Of course. Right. And then that way you're doing it in sort of this fun, silly way. Sometimes it might actually be erotic and end up leading to sex. And sometimes it's just this fun, silly thing that you can try. But what happens then is if you then go and try that in an actual sexual encounter, it might feel less abrupt. It might you might feel a little bit more confident going in. And again, it might feel like a silly thing to suggest, but I've actually had a lot of people do it and people talked about it feeling a little silly, but actually super helpful than in the moment. We sex is like any other skill. You get better if you practice, right? Practice, and practice, sometimes practice. and sometimes it's almost more helpful to practice with your clothes on, right? I've never thought about that. And it, even in my head, like it seems kind of silly, but I understand logistically why it would be a good thing to try. Like genuinely, I'm not even making a joke about it. Like I, I could see where it'd be like, because what if somebody was like not the most bendy, flexy person and you were like, I want to put your your ankles by your ears. I'm like, oh, well, can we try it? Let me get my yoga pants on because I don't know that I can do that. You know, <laughs> it might let be me good. limber up. Let, let me, me see what I need yeah, to do. Yeah, let me right? see if I need to if I need to start a stretching regimen, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it's just a, a way to like try out some logistics in a way that's not as pressured and it can be fun and it can be silly and it can be light. And again, some of this stuff is certainly going to be easier if you have an established partner, right? Like if you have an established trusting partner, right? Yeah, I mean, it'd some probably this... be awkward just to like grab somebody that you kind of knew a little bit and we're like, hey, I've always wanted to try these things. Yeah. Uh, can we just keep our clothes on and do that? That's probably not a good thing. Yeah, I mean, and again, like these are all suggestions, tips, tools, none of them are absolutes, right? So like, as you're thinking about how they may or may not apply to the sexual life that you live, right? Like some of it might be helpful. Some of it might not. Don't take, don't take everything that I say super duper literally, right? Because yeah, some of this stuff isn't very applicable if let's say it's your first time sexual experience with someone or more of a casual partner. Some of it might be easier with a casual partner versus an ongoing partner or a romantic partner that you've been with for 20 years but either way and this is my final closing piece jeremiah i promise i'm done right but either way i will always encourage people to be the agent of your own pleasure no matter how you're having sex no matter who you're having sex with the more you can practice skills around you know advocating and being assertive about your own pleasure the better experience you're going to have, but also the better experience your partners will have. Because people have fun with people who are having fun. There it is. There it is. And, you know, the doc was saying a little earlier, you know, none of this is law. Except what I say, because the things that I say, because I'm not a doctor, so you just have to take everything I say as factual, okay? You should not. You Because absolutely. I... I know what I'm talking about because I am Jeremiah James and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. And I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. <laughs> you couldn't even stop yourself from rolling your eyes at me. I love it. Just the utter disdain that just was like, oh, <laughs> jeepers. You know how I feel about absolutism. <laughs> <laughs> and you poke me on it every time, Jeremiah. I can't help it. Every once in a while, it's like poke poking you know okay doc it was good to see you everybody out there uh, please stay safe and be kind to one another in these really difficult times i know we keep saying that uh, but things are really difficult right now and we're all dealing with a lot and if you just show and go that little extra mile to be kind to one another um 
it will go a long way for everyone. And uh, even though things are really, really difficult right now, we hope you listened to this and found a little... Pleasure. There it is, Doc. (laughs) Thanks so much, everybody. Take care of each other and yourselves. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you again next week. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And special thanks to our new associate producer, Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. <laughs>